It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Playing in the dirt for more than 20 years. Yes, sir, Bobcats. This is Walter Reeves here the Georgia Gardener. Online and Garden Show to help you be more successful in your landscape. We start now at 6 a.m. We go from now to 9 a.m. this morning. And if you have any questions, no matter what level of gardener you are, whether you're a just a Latin spouting horticulture horthead, or if you uh, just picked up a trowel and wondering which end of the trowel to use, <laughs> if you don't know where to put the seeds in the garden, if you have any kind of question, organic, synthetic, crazy off the off the corners of the world if you have anything you need to know about gardening and which you'll get a science-based research-based experience tempered answer all you got to do is remember the number you heard a moment ago 404-872-0750 404-872-0750 and that will get you into ask your garden question i've had a great time this week going to speak to various gardening groups. Had a nice group yesterday at the AgriScience um, Expo up in Jim Miller Park in Marietta. That was fun. And before that, let's see, where was a Tuesday? It was, it all is blurring together right now. I don't remember where I was <laughs> during the week. I know where I'll be later this afternoon, 11 o'clock this morning. I'll head out and be at Conyers at the East Atlanta Home Show Expo out there at the uh, Horse Park in Conyers. That'll be today from 11 to 12. I'll speak on how to have a lush lawn and fabulous flowers for the springtime. And then tomorrow, let's see, tomorrow evening, it's going to be at Wyuka Road Baptist Church. They have just a community-wide lecture. If you live over in, in Buckhead and want to come by and learn a little bit about gardening, I can talk to you about that as well. That's at the Wyuka Road Baptist Church tomorrow at 630 PM open to the public. Everybody can come in and say hello. And that is at Wayuka Road Baptist Church right there by Phipps Plaza. What have I done this weekend? I planted some more annuals, got those in the ground finally, and then got another ooh, nine yesterday and thought, well, I gotta go <clears throat> I gotta plant these too. <laughs> so that's uh, my chore for the past week has been out in the garden planting a couple of things. I have uh, some, some, some pain now in my back, and so I haven't done a lot of enthusiastic planting and shoveling, but I have discovered many ways to get down to get close to the ground without actually bending your back, bending over, which is what my doctor says I'm not to do for the next two or three weeks, that I need to stop the bending and start the kneeling. So I've learned how to get down, how to use my shovel to push myself off the ground. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible getting old. It's even more terrible trying to put your socks on in the morning. <laughs> I, uh, I'm quite figured out how to do that easily. And although I have always, always, always made fun of people who wear Crocs, you know, the shoes, the Crocs that Mario Batali and uh, Whoopi Goldberg wear on TV, uh, your favorite radio garden guy may be wearing Crocs real soon because you just put the Crocs right on your feet. Don't have any socks. You don't have any shoelaces to tie. You don't have nothing. Slide the feet into Crocs. They're not going to be orange like Mario, though. I see him every Wednesday on the Chew 
I go watch the chew on TV with my mom, and uh, we, generally speaking, make fun of his orange Crocs that he wears there. Oh, merciful heavens, 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. Who do we go to first? Well, we have our friend from, you guessed it, Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Miss Ari. Hiya, 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 hiya. What's going on? Good timing. Do I have a back? Problem, isn't it? Yeah, right. Good time in the spring. I, you uh. can have a back problem in the wintertime where you're sitting inside or laying inside and recovering. But springtime is not the great time to do it, Nicole. No, because we've got stuff to do. That's right. We've got stuff to do. Fortunately, another fortunate thing is that I have a little cadre of helpers. I have Cameron, who comes over and does some of the heavier lifting, and then I got Benjamin and uh, Nicholas down the street who are coming over Sunday to mow the lawn and do a little bit more planting for me. So I've got some help. Got so some help. Did you want to see the chiropractor? I went to see the spine doctor. I got x-rays. I got an MRI. I mean, they've looked at me inside and out. What did they say? Mm. Let me just tell you, Nicole, have you ever had a, an MRI? Uh, no. Well, darling, let me just say, are you at all claustrophobic? Mm, kind of, sort of. Well, then, before, before you have the MRI, tell your doctor that you're kind of, sort of claustrophobic because they will give you a Valium or something like that to calm you down before you go into the tube because uh. I am very claustrophobic. And so I did not even consider going in the tube kind of MRI. I went to the open MRI. And even in the open MRI, it still feels like a 10-ton mattress about three inches above your face that you're laying on a bed, you can't move, and the guy is clang, 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 bang, bang, wah, wah, around you. It's a... A, uh, a miserable experience, but I got through it, and I'm still here to tell the tale. Oh, I don't like to go even in the crawl space. Well, honey bunch, you better not do an MRI without some chemical uh, fortification. I'll just tell you. Just tell you right now. Better have some. One time on the ra- on the TV, I saw this little girl who was stuck in Texas, and yeah. the tube underneath the ground, yeah. and I saw this fireman go underneath with right. all this dirt around him, and I said, oh, not yeah. me. I'll have a panic attack just looking at it on TV. I'll oh, yeah. have a panic attack. <laughs> Big time. I don't like it at all. Boy. Oh, man. So you want to talk about Crossvine this morning, Nicole? Yes. They are blooming like crazy. Like crazy. Yeah. The, the ratio of green and red, I don't think it's good. I don't know if it's good or not, but it sure is pretty. Yeah, it is. But there's a lot of place on, uh, on the bottom that's got vine with no nothing yeah. on. Yeah. And you have to be careful to cut because you're cutting the next good part. Did, so you have one on an arbor, or where do you see your crossfire? Yeah, it's an arbor big time, yeah. and it, it is huge. But on top, it's really green because it got all the mm-hmm. light. But yeah. in yeah. the bottom, I see a lot of uh, just vine, no, just wood, nothing on I need you to do something for me, Nicole. Next um, December, let's say, put it on your calendar to remind me to go out and cut my cross vine down at the ground level on my arbor because I think that it will recover, that it'll have new sprouts on it, and the new sprouts then will have the uh, flowers during the during April of next year. But I think, like you, that mine has all the flowers up at the top, and the bottom is pretty bare. That's the nature of a vine anyway, but, you know, sometimes we don't learn until we actually do what we're supposed to do. And so I think I should prune it, 
in December and let it regrow and let it cover over my arbor. How, how small, how bad can we can we make it? Because this vine is about uh, two, three inch from the ground yeah. diameter. Yeah. It's, mine is not that big, but for for listeners who are wondering what vine we're talking about, let's describe it right now. It's called cross vine, C-R-O-S-S-V-I-N-E. And you'll notice it right now because, as Nicole says, there's not a whole lot of green to it, but the flowers are amazing. There are yellow, mm, yellow-throated, orange-petaled, tubular flower. Is that the best way to describe it, Nicole? A tubular, orange, yellow flower. And it climbs up trees. You'll see it's a native vine. And so you'll see it climbing up trees, see all sorts of color in trees and wonder, what is it? What tree is that blooming with orange and yellow over there? And it's simply the cross sign. You got to have a good uh, wood structure because it can get really heavy. Yeah, when they get big up in the trees, Oh, man, I see them 30, 40 feet maybe up in the tree, and again, blooming up at the top. So you, sometimes you don't notice it until the flowers themselves fall out of the tree onto the ground. And then you look up and say, oh, oh, it's those, those flowers up in the top there that are falling down around my feet. And the green little uh, new growth is going to push out the old growth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, real soon. I'm thinking, too, Nicole, that one of the other flowers that maybe it's not so noticeable because it's up above their head for gardeners who are not used to looking for the flowers of the tulip poplar tree. And that's one that I commonly get uh, emailed pictures and say, what is this flower? It's yellowish, orangish, greenish, with a lot of green to it, and it falls out of the tulip poplar tree, and the flowers, as the name implies, look like tulips, sort of. And so uh, they're way up in the tree. You see these tulip poplar flowers about right now. Well, I wish you good luck with this back because yeah. I one day have been that before. And yeah. I have to oh, man. Heating pad, little ice pack, little heating pad, little ice pack, little uh, painkiller in the back, and maybe it'll get better. I'll try not to, com- not to complain too much, and you won't get tired of me complaining about my back. Because you ha- you need to be readjusted, I think. Yeah, probably I need to do. Well, I'm going to let my spy doctor tell me what to do and yeah. what he says, and if he's right, then I'll be cured in a few weeks. Oh, it is painful. Oh, sure. it is. Well, I will see you next Saturday, Nicole. Later. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day, too. We'll see you soon. It's 618. We'll be back after this. Quick, we- quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. 66 degrees outside right now. Low 80s this afternoon, overnight in the 50s, and then tomorrow cooling off in the high 60s, maybe low 70s tomorrow. Chance of rain, of course, tomorrow as well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Joe is in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joe, morning. Good good morning, Walter. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. How are yes, you doing? I'm doing all right, Joe. How can I help? Good. I planted a, a rat ryegrass last year. And, boy, I had a lush lawn, I mean, all over. It looked just beautiful. Yes, sir. And now it's beginning to get a bit thin and and, and not as green as it was. Mm. When can can I cut it down low and and, and, uh, maybe then uh, go to something like a a summer green grass like Bermuda or something Mm. like that? Now? Now's the time Uh, most people are lowering the cut on their mower to get the ryegrass out of there. And you oh, know, oh. I, I'm sure you know, Joe, that ryegrass can't survive heat in the summer, or we would grow it all year long. But it just that can't is so true. Here. When are they going to develop something like that that would be, <laughs> you know, green year round? <laughs> there was potential. Let's put it this way: I don't know anyone who's had real 
beautiful, wonderful success with um, the Texas Texas bluegrass, I think it was, that uh, was introduced five or six years ago now, and a couple of people tried it and thought it was really, really good. And then yeah. I don't get any follow-up from them to know if it sort of petered out or if it remains as good as it was initially, but that's one that stays green all year long. So I can use it, the, the uh, Bermuda seeds, you yeah. know? Yeah, Bermuda seed. But here's the thing. You've got to get those little tiny, tiny Bermuda seed in very good contact with the soil underneath your, your ryegrass that you're cutting. So mow the rye as low as you possibly can with your mower. Consider right. running an aerator over it just to scratch the soil up and get some dirt around so the mm. little seeds can nestle in there. And then even after that, it wouldn't hurt me, Joe, to pull a uh, get a wooden pallet or a piece of chain-link fence or something and a rope. And just pull it over the ground after you put the seed down, and it will get the soil and the seeds sort of packed into the into the dirt so that it germinates well. Because if you don't get the seed and the soil in good contact, that Bermuda will not germinate. Wow. Now, go, uh, go, going forward, what if I come next fall? Can I revert and replant ryegrass again? Uh, you can, but I'll tell you, Joe, it is tough, tough stuff. You've got to have real strong very well cultured Bermuda grass during the summer. So I need you to be really good about taking care of, watering, fertilizing the Bermuda grass in the summer and fall in right. order to have it strong enough to have it overseed with ryegrass as you did this year. And uh, then the Bermuda theoretically come back for you and not have to seed it anymore in years to come. So let's concentrate first on making sure you know everything you need to know. Weed control, Fertilizing regularly, mowing regularly, watering as you should. Get that Bermuda okay. lawn looking pristine. And if you can tell me it is by September, then we'll talk about how to how to overseed it with ryegrass. But you have to have a strong Bermuda lawn to go put the ryegrass on it. It's 628 at News Talk WSB. More lawn and garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 636 at News Talk WSB, 66 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful by answering all of your questions. All you have to do is call, or you can tweet. If you have a Twitter account, you can tweet me any question. Just use the hashtag AskWalter. And during the show, Ashley Frasca will go through the Twitter feed, and she will see if there are any questions that we can, we can read on the air and answer on the air. So you can, if you're too shy to call me, then you can always tweet me. My phone number is 404-872-0750. And first in line, Brother John from down in Savannah, Georgia, Chatham County, joins us. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, Brother Walter. Uh, nice talking to you again. Good talking yeah. to you, John. Yeah. Hey, Walter, back March the 1st, I did a, for my first uh, uh lawn, yeah. I did a pre-emerger fertilizer on it around March the 1st. Since we get rain, uh Tomorrow. Well, would it be okay to come back with a turf site fertilizer tomorrow or do, 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 do the same do. thing, uh, pre emergent uh, uh, fertilizer again, or is it too hot? Good question, John. 
Yeah. And let's let all of our listeners who have fescue lawns listen to this answer because it brings up something that is so tempting because the fescue looks right now really green. It's really awesome. And you think, man, we're going to have really good lawns in summer. Right. And the deal is, as you sort of hint, John, if you fertilize fescue heavily in late spring, which is now because of the warm weather we've had, if you fertilize fescue now, it'll have really lush growth. You think that's good? That's not good, because in May and June, where we still have sort of cool nights, you'll have a disease called brown patch, big brown circles that'll kill that fescue dead. Nobody likes brown patch on the fescue lawn. It's exacerbated by heavy fertilization in late spring. So were I you, John, I would look on the bag, and any turf fertilizer, not a pre-emergent, nothing but straight fertilizer, and whatever the label says, it may give you a setting on a, on a spreader, and you, that's what you may use, or it may say apply you know, five pounds per thousand square feet, but whatever setting it is, cut it in half. So if it says yeah, yeah. five pounds per thousand, then you put two and a half per thousand on the fescue. And consider sometime in July applying a product called Ironite, I-R-O-N-I-T-E, Ironite, because that will make the fescue look green without adding a lot of fertilizer, without adding stimulants to cause brown patch to, to occur. So half okay. strength now, Ironite in July. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the Ironite. But you said you use the turf type instead of the pre-emerger fescue was one of these yeah, right now I think just straight fertilizer. Straight fertilizer. Okay. All right. Well, I sure appreciate that, Walter. All right. Drive safely, Brother John. We'll see you soon. We've got Shelby on the line. Shelby comes to us from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Shelby, um, good morning. Good morning, sir. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Never. You've you. never called me before, Shelby. Never called you before. Well, you should. You should call me often. It's easy. It's, I, it's just like I dialing listen. on the I'm phone, talking to your I'm mother. I'm an early riser. I listen to you every chance I get. But I got a really quick question. And best of luck on your back. I wouldn't, yeah. wish, I wouldn't wish a back injury on anyone. No. Um, my question to you is this. I, had, um, I went to um, uh, Florida, and I fell in love with this grass yeah. called St. Augustine. Oh, yeah, sure. Everybody and, knows. Um, down in uh, down in Florida, fell in love with this grass called St. Augustine. Went out to the farmer's market, sprigged it, and believe it or not, it took like I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, for several years, I had the most beautiful lawn in the neighborhood, and with the drought we had probably about six or seven, eight years ago, it started looking really bad. Hmm. So I got the notion, um, my man instincts told me just to go out and go to Home Depot and pick up some seeds and I threw some um I threw some zoysia out there. Okay. And it looked it looked beautiful. It took it looks beautiful. Okay. All of a sudden over the last couple of years, the zoysia, I mean the Saint Augustine has come back and I have a combination of Saint Augustine and jo uh, zoysia in my yard. Right. And to the average Joe Blow that passes by, I get a compliment. Oh man, your yeah. your yard is looking good. But to me, I know I have a combination <laughs> of zoysia and Saint Augustine. Both, but they both turn brown in the winter. Yeah, uh, they both come back. But I, I don't, sir. I don't know what to do. And you got to decide what you're trying to do. I guess is decide which one do I love the most. Which one is better, the zoysia or the Saint Augustine? Now I face east. So when I tell you I have 
very little shade. I have very little to no shade at all. I get 100% mm-hmm. sunlight in Atlanta. And in order probably to get rid of, am I, when it comes down to that, one more question, but do you think I'm going to probably have to kill both of them? No. I think the one to choose, and I'll just, I'll just tell it right here, I think Zoysia is going to be the one to choose, and I'll tell you why. St. Augustine, I have St. Augustine. I'm the man with St. Augustine, and mm-hmm. a number of listeners do too. But St. Augustine is going to have problems with um, chinch bugs, insects that eats them and thins it out pretty badly, and it can have a problem with another disease called take-all root rot. Zoysia eventually is going to cover the St. Augustine anyway because zoysia is a more aggressive grass and it's slow, but it will eventually cover and choke out the St. Augustine in the next five years. Why not go ahead and just let the St. Augustine linger and let the zoysia thrive? And the way to do that is to mow it lower than you mow the lawn at a lower height than St. Augustine appreciates. Okay, Okay. My, my next question. We had a really, a really low. I mean, it, it really wasn't that cold this Christmas. I mean, this winter. And I have a German Shepherd and a Doberman Pinscher. Yeah. I, I need something. They used to sell a. They used to sell a product called Durasban. Yeah. I mean, it killed fleas, tick, mosquitoes, grub worms, and everything. But the FDA took that off right. the market. Right. Do you have anything that you kind of suggest? that uh, my dogs are inside and outside dogs. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything out there that you would suggest that would be good for fleas? Um, I think the commercial, commercial. bifenthrin and uh, some of the other pyrethroids do pretty well on flea and tick control, but it has to be a three-prong attack. It has to be on the dog, on the uh, floor inside and on the grass where they linger outside. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the whole lawn. It does not have to be the whole lawn, but it, do ha- it does have to be the trails that they have along the fence or underneath the shrubbery if they stay outside during the afternoon when it's hot and they linger on the ground underneath the shrub. And inside, you have to vacuum pretty frequently to get the flea eggs off the uh, carpet yeah. and off the hardwood. Yeah, we don't have a problem. I just don't want a problem. And what was the name of that product? One more time, sir. Uh, there are two or three, and I'm not going to give any brand names here, but they, they're called bifenthrin is one chemical. That's a pretty broad spectrum okay. insecticide. And right, sir, thank, you. thank you so much. And, and, sir, again, it was my first time calling. Really enjoyed the show, and best of luck with your back. We'll do it again, Shelby. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. You bet. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Shelby's place. We've got Mitch and Wander who comes to us this morning. Hey, Mitch, good morning. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm all right. What you got? Uh, I've got, uh, you know, I kind of let my grass go last few years, uh, not, you know, doing a good job with it. And I've got these itty-bitty brown spurs, not spurs, little light little sticker-type sure. things. And you can't walk through my grass barefooted, and it's just a uh, I can't I can't stand it anymore. I, I need to know what to do. Ugly, ugly words. You say ugly words when you step on those <laughs> things. They hurt. You get it? Yeah, it does. Foot and hurt. Um, yeah. Here's the great news. Number one, it's an annual plant, and that is good because if it's an annual plant, it comes up from seed every year. So if we can just get it under control one or two years in a row, you don't have it anymore as long okay. as you. Tramping it in from somebody else's lawn, and right. um, do you know what it looks like? You recognize it, Mitch? Is it yellow? Does it have a little yellow bloom on it? 
Uh, no, but it's green. It's sort of like low-growing parsley. <laughs> if oh, you, yeah, yeah, for lack okay. of a better word, green and low-growing parsley on the ground. Okay. So, what grass are you growing besides the sticker weed? Besides the burr weed? Uh, I think I'm just growing weeds. But I used to have <laughs> some Bermuda, and I've, I've thrown fescue out, and I've got about two acres, yeah. and I've, but I got a lot of trees. All right. Well, so, you have to decide. Uh, that you're going to have some thin places because we're going to use a product that will wipe out the burr weed, but it'll wipe out the other weeds that you're mowing right now and calling your lawn. <laughs> All right, so you're yeah. going to have to wipe out the, the burr weed with either, and you've got several choices. There's several choices that work real well. The um, uh, Bayer Season Long Weed Control, Bayer like Bayer Aspirin, Ortho yeah. Weed Begone Max, Bonide Weed Beater Ultra, Bonide you get from Pike, they have good products there. And so either the Bonide Weed Beater, ortho, ortho Weed Be Gone, or the Bayer product. Um, put yeah. it down like it says on the label. Don't try to do any stronger than it says on the label. And within about a week and a half, the burr weed will turn yellow. It'll turn sort of scrunched up and yellow looking, and it'll fade away. And as long yeah. as none of the flowers have formed that little burr seed on the end of the stem, then you don't have any burr weed, hopefully. For the rest yeah. of the summer, because that seed decomposes and is not stickery anymore when it's uh, yeah. been on the ground for a little bit. And then next okay. year, same thing, but start earlier than now. Start sometime when it's warmed up a little bit around the 1st of April, last week of okay. March maybe, controlling weeds then, because that's when it germinated. It was back in early April, late March. Right. What's a good grass for uh, half sun, half trees? Mm -hmm. You know, the guy just now that talked about zoysia. Yeah, I, was, I heard that. Yeah, zoysia tolerates some shade, and you can get seeded uh, forms of zoysia. The zenith is one seed seed zoysia that you can find. There's probably others, too. And okay. like I told him, you have to get good seed-to-soil contact, and you have to water it for at least two weeks, three weeks probably to okay. get it to germinate real well. But zoysia wouldn't be a bad choice for a sunshade mixture. Okay. Is this a good time to plant it? Yeah, again, as long as you can water it. Don't talk okay. to me if you can't water it. If you're not watering, then don't even talk to me. It's going to be weeds and all that kind of stuff. So there's your story. There's your choice. All right, Walter. Thank you. I hope you hope your back gets better. Yeah, me too, Mitch. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Thank you. Coming up in the next half hour, Judy in Snellville has a question about the Bonide product. If it is safe around bees, we'll find out which Bonide product she is using and figure that out for her. Charles in Gainesville has a cherry tree. One of the trucks trunks is rotting and crying I don't know if that's Charles or the tree. One or the other is rotting and crying. Tommy in Hillsborough has a grapevine cuttings, wants them to root. And uh, Dan in Chamberlain wants to know how to keep the squash borers out of his cantaloupes. We'll have all those questions. Maybe you, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Well, the first and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mid-low mid, mid 80s, let's call it this afternoon. Overnight lows a little bit chillier. Tomorrow, only in the high 60s, low 70s on Sunday. And a chance of rain, pretty big chance of rain tomorrow as well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Judy is out in Snellville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. 
Judy, hi, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Is the systemic bonite for hibiscus caterpillars bad for the bees? I don't see a lot of bees around hibiscus flowers. I see some, it's true. The label says don't use during flowering. And so I'm hesitant to say you can use it without hurting bees because I know some will come to the hibiscus flower. But on the other hand, I use the bonide granules on my azaleas, which are finished blooming now. And so I use it to kill the uh, azalea lace bug without any worry at all. So I guess the, 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 the insecticide, the systemic insecticide, is not transferred into the flower a lot. It's some. I'm not going to okay. deny that. So if you have not already used it, don't on the hibiscus. If you have already used it, and plant some other pollinator-friendly flowers around to assuage your guilt and, and go about your business, I think. Then what would you suggest? Insecticidal soap underneath the leaves uh, two or three days in a row usually okay. will help a lot because those little grubs, the little soft fly larvae are very tender, and insecticidal soap just scorches them, kills them okay. dead. I'll do that. That'll be early in the morning, though, because the only time you see the little larvae is under the leaves when it's damp, when it's... Uh, you know, the sun hadn't quite gotten up and dried everything off yet. That's the only time you'll find them. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Now to Thank do it you. then. Thanks for calling, Judy. Bye-bye. For listeners who are wondering what a hibiscus sawfly is, it's the thing that makes your hibiscus leaves have holes in them. And sometimes your rose leaves, too. There's a rose sawfly as well. And uh, as I pointed out, the systemic insecticides do a great job controlling them. But when you have a flower that attracts bees, a lot of bees, the label says do not use it then. For more information, of course, you go to my website or you can go to the label and read that. The label is the law. We'll be back right after news.